Mm. It's Friday. Oh, I thought that the end of the week would never come. Uh, welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, Stu, what is the top story for you today? Uh, the coverage of the Mueller report, and hopefully the last time I'm talking about the Mueller report. It's not. It's not going to be. No, it's I, not. We're, it's I feel not like we're stuck in like a really sick, twisted <laughs> Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to relive this over and over every Still single the end day. Of time, yes. uh, well, I mean, mm -hmm. until we jump off a bridge and just the end, end of it our all. time, at least. <laughs> all right, Pat Gray. Yep, that's where I'm stuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I refuse. <laughs> um, even though I'll have to talk about it anyway mm. because of these two jokers. Um, I'm going to talk about again media coverage um, and uh, coverage from Washington D.C. from our elected officials and what they're not covering uh, uh, when it comes to the border and the crisis there. Okay. All right. A lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro, which I would just like to point out, Pat, does in fact have laser bullets. Yes, it does. These are laser bullets <laughs> mm -hmm. on the package. Yeah. Um, well, I, they're almost like laser bullets. I mean, they are. Look, it says laser bullets. <laughs> it does say laser bullets. It's bullet a laser does. bullet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, if you're thinking to yourself, that sounds really cool, it is. It is really cool. Um, Jason, you're former military, so... Tell, tell us a little bit about dry firing. It's all about dry firing. It's, it's, it's crucial to be able to, uh, if you want to actually hit what, you, what you're aiming at, <laughs> uh, you've got to get like the little nuances of, you know, trigger pull and, you know, not to pull it too much, you know, or the, you know, the, the tip of the barrel, like everything. It, it's so important. Um, I learned to shoot uh, in the Marine Corps, and before you even put rounds in your weapon, you dry fire for an entire week. It's so important. It's like I like to say, it's a perishable skill. Sarah. It's a perishable skill, mm -hmm. uh, but the problem. <laughs> but the problem is when you're doing this, you can't track to see if you're do if you're improving, if you're if you're, if you're getting better at this. Mm -hmm. But what iTarget Pro does is it improves it. It takes your dry firing into the next century. I guess it's uh, it's like the Star Trek uh, mode of dry firing. So we put that little laser bullet, as Sarah Gonzalez coined, hashtag laser bullet. And um, you put the little laser bullet in there, and it tracks via the app, and you can actually see where you're shooting. It's like going to the range without spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars every week or two yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's the go. that's the thing about it is that it pays for itself. Uh, if you think about ammunition, the cost of ammunition and range fees, it's an investment that pays for itself, and it pays for itself really quickly, like quite possibly in one use. One use. Yeah, you really? can go to itargetpro.com, get 10% off right now, and free shipping with promo code NEWS. That is uh, itargetpro.com. I'm thinking it would make a really good Father's Day present for any of you out there. Father's Day is, is sure. around the corner, a couple months away. itargetpro.com. All right, the Mueller report, because we're stuck in this stupid Groundhog's Day <laughs> ridiculousness, and we're never going to stop talking about it. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's Groundhog Day. And it's like if you think about Groundhog Day for a second, you've got Bill Murray living essentially in one world, right, where he's day is repeating, and everyone else is living in a completely different reality, right? Mm -hmm. That is like where the two sides are on this Mueller report right now. It's like I, I was reading, you know, you, you torture yourself. First of all, torture yourself reading the Mueller report, which we did yesterday. Uh, and then you torture yourself reading the coverage of the Mueller report. And I was torturing myself with the New York Times this morning, <clears throat> And they had a story about just going over what happened. And I was reading this like, I read this report. Like, what is this thing they're writing about? Like, it's, it made it sound as if it was an open and shut case of the worst crimes in human history. Mm. And, and, I, and you just, like, the way they word things and the way they finesse them and the context they put in and the stuff they leave out, you know, almost like, it's almost like how a, a, a two opposing attorneys would write you know, like a, a cl closing statements. You know, they all, you're finding the absolute best things. And if you watch like Making a Murderer uh, on, on Netflix, one of a thousand examples that are essentially that show, 
Uh, and like you're just getting the side of the defense attorneys and you're, and you're reading and you're just like you're watching the show and you're just like, wow, there's no way this guy did this. This is incredible. And then you read the facts about this case. And you're like, wow, he totally did that, didn't he? <laughs> and that's kind of where we are now. This is and I love what they do with these words. This is from the, uh, the New York Times. The story is called Mueller Reveals Trump's Efforts to Thwart Russian, uh, to thwart Russian Inquiry in a Highly Anticipated Report. And this, this sentence stuck out to me. It says, the report laid bare that Mr. Trump was elected with the help of a foreign power. Now, if you, like, there is nothing in this, in this report that says the reason Trump got elected was because of Russian help. Like, that is not what the report says at all. In fact, as we know, collusion. They said there was no crime there at all. And it all comes down to the selection of words because that's not technically what they said. They didn't say he was elected because of the help of the Russian government. They said this. They said the report laid bare that Mr. Trump was elected with the help of foreign of a foreign power. And that's a little bit like saying the Golden State Warriors were, were helped to win the championship by the fan clapping in Section 342, <laughs> row W, seat 9. Like, you know, it's nice that they were there. They paid a little bit of the players' salaries, I guess, and they bought some concessions, and that helped employ the person at the stand, I guess. And they were clapping really hard when Steph Curry made that three, but, like, really Steph Curry was a lot more of the, the issue there. And, like, the idea that, that, like, they do things like that, and that is supposed to make you think. What's their goal with a sentence like that? Supposed to make you think that, that the Russians, Russians got him elected. Got him elected. Mm-hmm. And we all know that if they change that to because of, if it's he, this, the report laid bare that he was elected because of help from a foreign um, source, they couldn't write it. It would be completely, it, but it, it happened to go at the same time, basically, is all they're saying. At the same time, the Russians were kind of, they were hacking, and, and he got elected, so therefore, it happened with. They were, this, they were together. They were walking down the same road. Well, one was a lot more important than the other. Hillary Clinton not visiting Wisconsin was a lot more important. I'm pretty sure the Russians, the Russians stopped, physically stopped her from going to Wisconsin. Really? Oh, they also wow. got her elected over Bernie. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. Well, which is weird because they actually favored Bernie, and they're like, you and they, know. Yeah. But by it's, the way, tried to influence mm-hmm. that election, too, <laughs> and uh, unsuccessfully, uh, as, we, as we found, because uh, Bernie did not win. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Um, and then also it goes on later to say, immediately after, the, uh, l- after learning a special counsel had been appointed to lead the Russia investigation, the report said Mr. Trump became distraught and slumped in his chair. Oh, my God, this is terrible, he said. This is the end of the presidency. I'm effed. Jason, you brought this up yesterday, um, and uh, it was in the Andy McCarthy column um, from today as well, where you have to add the additional context. Why was he saying this is the end of my presidency? Why was he saying he was effed? Well, we have it from the... From, uh, the Mueller report says because the of the genocide he no. committed. No, no, stunningly, no. <laughs> Killed an entire race. You'll be no, no, Pat, no. that's not it. Oh wow! The president returned to the consequences of the appointment and said, "Everyone tells me if you get one of these independent councils, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years, and I won't be able to do anything." He's not talking. He's talking about his agenda. He's right. not talking about I'm going to get caught in a crime. He's talking about my effectiveness as a president. How am I going to? be able to control the media cycles. You know, he knows your presidency can be derailed by something like this, which it has been. I mean, quite clearly yeah, yeah. he was correct yeah. on this analysis. Again, they don't include any of that in the New York Times story. I love, it's intentional. I love those quotes, though. You'll see that all the time because they'll have a quote and then they'll have the ellipses after that. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah. Like, why are you throwing the ellipses on there? Right. Let's, let's get the whole context. People do this to Christians as well. They will take something out of context and say, see, I told you so. Mm-hmm. Christians hate gays or yeah. something like that. I'm like, could you please read it out of, you know, don't take it out of context and read the whole thing? Mm-hmm. But that's journalism in a nutshell over the past, what, at least 
four years at least. And, and let's not forget, CNN was so out of control on this thing that they actually entertained that Donald Trump is a Russian agent uh, and has been for his, for his, the, the span of his life. Yeah. He's just a Russian plant. He's a Manchurian candidate. And Brian Stelter actually invited a guy on who said, yeah, you know, this probably didn't happen, but we got to consider it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Um, that was something we joked about with Barack Obama, that yeah. he was the Manchurian candidate. And, and they just were, because we joked about that it, they was got racist mad at us. Yeah, yeah. and conspiratorial, mm-hmm. but not for CNN no, now. No. Uh, I also saw, did you see Brian Williams? I did not. Okay, so yesterday on the program, uh, when we were having this discussion, Jesse Kelly, who we had on, brought up, you said, now the collusion idea can be put to rest. We mm-hmm. can stop hearing about it. And he said, uh, I don't know if they're ever going to stop talking about it, even though it's right in front of them. Well, I mean, as I said yesterday, of course they're going to talk about it. But yeah. the point is they don't have anything. And this is why mm-hmm. they're focusing on obstruction now. Yeah. Well, I want to play really quickly uh, what Brian Williams had to say about collusion. Watch. Jay Sekulow, uh, who is on the president's legal team. Counselor, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, My first question, I'm afraid, is going to verge on uh, plain English. Where did the attorney general get off with that characterization this morning, including four mentions that there was no collusion? What document was he reading compared to the one we're left with? Well, page two of the document says the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russian government in its election of interference activities, in its election interference activities. So it's right from the document itself. Have you, can you go read to, part one? I have read part one and part two. You find good news in here for the president and the administration? The investigation did not, page 181, the investigation did not establish that the contacts described in volume one, that's the Russian contacts, amounted to an agreement to commit any violation of federal criminal law, including foreign influence and campaign finance laws. Yeah, I think it's a very good win. Again, like I think that, that this is what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they don't, they don't have anything here. I mean, the fact that he can just read from the report five or six different places that say that this didn't happen is, is it's, I mean, you're always going to have your mother joneses that are going to find a way to claim that it's still real we know that exists but i mean in reality i think the people who are actually persuadable are going to be off but that brian point. jones isn't i mean brian williams isn't mother jones right. no. he, he should know better than to i mean he's acting like it's back on yeah. like there is evidence of collusion like well, i mean he did he, collude he, he's also kind of insulting uh, the character of Barr by saying that yeah. he misrepresented oh, what was totally. in the report yeah, yeah. that's yeah. their new that's their new that's a new villain right yeah. i mean that's mm-hmm. they've now found a new boogeyman and it's it's william Barr. i would like to point out though not to be the lone voice of cons- uh, i don't know just disagreeing but i'm not really disagreeing what they have now does not point to anything illegal but there are still questions that i want answered um, Steve Bannon, his relationship with Eric Prince, that even baffled uh, people, uh, the, uh, Mueller's team. Uh, it sounded very sketchy and like fishy as far as like the, the communications they were sharing back and forth. Uh, and the person that Eric Prince was meeting with was an actual person in the, in the Russian government. He was head of like their finance bank or something like that. But those communications were on an encryption app, and they just disappeared. That's very, very fishy. But Steve Bannon uh, said that he didn't. He, he has no idea. He said that, that, that we didn't discuss this. Eric Prince said we did discuss this. So they were just kind of left at stalemate. There's little things like that that I think either will come out in the future that will look bad. I'm not saying for the president. 
But I don't trust Steve Bannon as far as I can throw him. Oh, God, he's awful. Um, I don't trust Steve Bannon as it, when it pertains to the uh, Roger Stone stuff. I want to see that clarified. That stuff will, I think, come out because all, the majority of the stuff that's redacted, you can tell most of that's all about Roger Stone. So that stuff I want to see come out. And that could lead to... I don't know, more things happening to people like Steve Bannon. I'm not sure, but it could be. I just, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying keep your minds open for something like that. But I think Trump is fine. Yeah, because but. we're talking about, you know, collusion within the administration, right, or the campaign. Mm. And they were very clear on that part of it. I mean, the report was very clear on that part of it, right? Well, well yeah, in, in terms of what they have now and what they can prove, they just can't yeah. prove that at the right. moment. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, look, further, I'm not, I'm not saying that's, I'm just saying that, that I don't think that's really put to rest. Yeah. I, I don't. I think that could come out later, but as of now, if nothing else does, then it's d- a done deal. Yeah, Andy McCarthy, I, I thought, set this up a little bit, because there is, there are different standards when you're a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for example, if, uh, if I uh, believe Pat, uh, has murdered 93 puppies in the in an alley behind um, a 7-Eleven. Uh, <laughs> you were barking. No, you're not supposed to admit. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I accuse Pat of that, and uh, in the middle of my investigation, I realize actually Jason did it, right? Like, I can exonerate Pat, right? right? Like, that is an exoneration. A separate level of this is there's not near enough evidence to actually bring a criminal uh, accusation here. And that's what, where they landed. They didn't say <laughs> nothing ever happened. There was nothing at all, zero. There's no incidents that are interesting, none of that. They just, they, you know, like they're investigating this and there's not enough to bring it to a criminal level, which is what we were asking. Right? Like, the, that's what we're asking Mueller for. And we pointed out this yesterday. That what's really weird from volume one to volume two is that they didn't have that information. So because they didn't have that information, you're innocent. If they can't yeah. prove without a reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. then you're innocent. Yes. And that's what they were able to say for this. Now, why were they able to say that for Volume 2? Right. right. They volume asked, 2, there was an addition. Yeah, they, they said it was very, I can't remember the direct quote we said that on radio this morning, but they said it was very abnormal, basically, and mm-hmm. there's just no way because of all the, all the weirdness with, this, with the, this obstruction case that we could prove it. So basically they couldn't prove it, but instead of saying he's innocent, they took a different standard yeah, and said uh, that we can't exonerate him. That makes no sense. Speak to that he did, and I, I, we talked about it a little bit, because I think it's not only happening in the Mueller report, I think it's happening throughout society. Mm-hmm. Essentially what he, they applied in part two was the Kavanaugh standard. <laughs> yes. Now the Kavanaugh standard with actual Brett Kavanaugh was essentially we can't completely exonerate him because we weren't there. We don't know if he was at that party. We weren't in the room. We don't have camera footage. So therefore, he probably was guilty, so don't let him go on the Supreme Court. This, there's a lot more evidence than there ever was against Kavanaugh. I mean, like, you know, there were some pretty shady activities and things they should not have been doing, almost exclusively motivated by Trump's obsession with the press. And that is another huge issue, I think, with this administration. Um, that's a negative. I mean, he, he does things that are that got him into trouble here because he's constantly obsessed with either fooling the press or lying to the press or getting angry because the press said something about him and he acts erratically. All of these things are motivated by in bad places, but that's specifically outlined in the document that they have quote after quote after quote of that's why he was afraid people would minimize his election victory. And again, like you want, you're the president of the United States, man. Don't worry about whether people are trying to minimize your victory. Just run the place. But yeah, that's do your who he job. Is. That's what he does. I know. Um, does anybody else feel like, I mean, I'm almost surprised there's not more because he, yes. of all of those things that you mentioned. And he does kind of live out there on the edge and he sort of pushes the boundaries and he he loves uh, contention. Mm-hmm. He loves to get into a battle with people. Yeah. And to find out that he's as clean as he is, 
I mean, is kind of amazing, really. Yeah, I, I, like I almost expected there to be something more. Correct, correct me if you if you think I'm wrong on this, but I, I thought the the most clear thing that would kind of give you an obstruction of justice uh, idea <laughs> was he tried to fire uh, Robert Mueller, called Don McGahn, and said, "Hey, Don, fire Robert Mueller." Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, McGann said, no, nah, I'm not firing Robert Mueller. I'll, I'll, I'll quit if you make me do that. So it fades away and it doesn't happen. Later on, that gets reported. So he goes back to McGann and says, hey, Don, tell them that I didn't tell you to do that. And Don's like, I'm not telling them that I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, that is a specific, like, that is absolutely, like, in a, if that was a, ju- a judicial proceeding, you cannot call a witness and say lie, right? Like, that is like, that's obstruction right. of justice. But he was doing it to the press. He was not doing it to Congress. He was not doing it to the, judici- the actual investigation. He was telling them to lie to the press. And that is yeah. not a crime. The press can certainly lie about everybody else, and that's not a crime. And it's not a crime to lie to the press. Um, so uh, now, like that doesn't rise to that level, and that is a big distinction. It's a real. It, it wound up being really beneficial, especially when you look in the context of the report several times where he was questioned about these things and the things he actually did deal with the investigation. He handled it very much by the letter of the law. When it came to the legal proceeding, he was but letter of the law. When it came to the press, it was lie, 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 lie. And I wish he would stop doing that because I think that also derails his presidency. Um, he doesn't see it that way. He thinks that is his presidency. The day-to-day slog of the battle versus the press is the part he, I think, loves the most. Yeah, yeah. No, probably true. Back in a minute. It's sad but true. Sad but true. I mean, like, I think he would get so much more done if, this, if it wasn't this constant. I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, so I was in a car accident, I don't know, 2013. Got I'm so sick of you whining about that. Yeah. Are you? Let's get <laughs> over it. Is it now? Yeah, yeah right? Well, I mean, it's like the, 2096 or something The thing now. is, well, like it. <laughs> the <laughs> thing is, sometimes you get back pain and huh. uh, it doesn't go away. So yeah. it doesn't matter that it's the year 2096. Okay. You're still in All constant right. pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was it like? What do you do about that then? I have an answer for you, Pat. Oh, good. Yeah. So good. there's this product called Relief Factor. Uh-huh. And what it does, it's 100% natural, which you're probably thinking, okay, then it doesn't work. That won't work. work. Yeah, it's 100% <laughs> natural. I'm a skeptic. <laughs> but it actually tackles the inflammation that is usually the root cause of your pain. And then you All can right. be pain-free, like me. Love it. There you go. Well, actually, you guys are pains. But as yes. far as my back, my back is doing much better. Um, you can go to relieffactor.com. Get the three-week quick start pack for uh, $19.95. So 70% of the people who try that go on to keep purchasing it. It's working for them. It can work for you. I'd say 70%. Those are pretty good odds. Uh, the odds are in your favor that it will work for you. So if you're in pain, go to relieffactor.com. All right. We're done with this report. Oh, right? get are rid we of done? It, We're done with this? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It's off the table. It's Friday. Let's move on to something else. Jason, uh, the border. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm kind of being a broken record every friday i'm talking about some of the border thing to talk about but like it's like no one's talking about it truthfully or even talking about it at all Mm -hmm. unless it's some like political argument about the wall it's absolutely infuriating to me last week i think it was the uh that arizona mayor that declared a state of emergency uh because this is absolutely insane yuma um in yuma Mm -hmm. um this week and i think the story just dropped either last night or today 
but um, it was a story about a group of just ordinary citizens. Uh, it's a, they don't want to be called a militia, which I don't blame them for. They don't want to be called right wing. Um, I'm not really sure how to, it's a good question, Sarah. I don't know how to cl classify them. Um, but this, they're a group called the United Constitutional Patriots. They're in New Mexico. And they've set up a base camp that's right, I want to say like maybe 20, 30 miles from uh, El Paso. So they're in New Mexico, but right near El Paso. So if you know that area, it's extremely desolate. There's uh, not a whole lot of, you know, fencing, anything really. There's a certain, there's a park actually there that there's a monument that says, hey, this is the border between Mexico and Texas with nothing. You just can walk back and forth. It's, it's absolutely insane. There's a park there. Um, but this group this week just released a video, a YouTube video, where they had over 200 people that they had caught uh, crossing the border. Now, they're catching some heat from the ACLU, uh, other organizations are saying, hey, you can't you know, hold people at gunpoint and you know, basically being vigilantes. Um, my question is, rules, rules. <laughs> my question is, what do you expect is going to happen at this point? Seriously, like whether you support this type kind of behavior or not, what do you expect is going to happen? This group has claimed that over 3,500 people they, they have caught cross, trying to cross the border in this over the past, I think, 30 days. How long, are they, 3, holding, how long are they holding them? So they, 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 they stop them from coming in caravans, large groups or whatever. Then they call Border Patrol and the Border Patrol comes and picks them up. They said the Border Patrol is saying, hey, guys, you do you. They haven't said anything. They're not trying to stop them at all. Really? Um, now, I want to show just to see how bad this is. So you can see what we're the news that we're not getting, the reporting that we're not getting. This is apparently happening daily. Um, this is a video that they just dropped. I, I believe it was this week. Watch. Holy moly. <clears throat> Look at those numbers. Somebody call Border Patrol? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Holy cow, you guys, they're still coming. This is crazy. This is right here in base camp. This is caravan. Look at all the kids. It's only going to be Americans who are going to call this. Look at all the kids. Unaccompanied. The people have to stand up. You've got to demand more. I'm at a loss for words, guys. I'm, I just don't know what to say yet. That's overwhelming. Look at that. Daily. And all of the unaccompanied kids there. There's no crisis. Though. Absolutely insane. You it's notice true. that there's no crisis. So that's they're the good thing there quietly. that proves there's no. How crisis. can you I mean, claim that? No problem. No, it's very easy to claim that because yeah. when you want open borders and you want them to come in, how is that a crisis to you? It's <laughs> not a crisis. Mm -hmm. And plus, that's the greatest I, thing ever. I will say, what was the source of that? Uh, true conservatives minutes or something? The reason why it's not a crisis to everybody is because no one's showing stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you know, the fact that that has to come from some woman on her phone in the dark. It shows, you know, it, it, it explains quite a bit. I mean, they're just not, they don't do their job covering this, and people don't even know about it. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, like, obviously, there's, like, you know, it's the same thing with the report that we will not name because it's, it's now on the floor. But it's like, you, you go to these, like, three camps where you have people who are just, no, no matter what, I think everything with immigrants is okay. No matter what, I think immigrants, you know, are, there's a group there that, you know, like the alt-right and those types that are like, I, but there is that group of persuadables in the middle who are like, look, I want to, do what's right for people. I don't. I mean, I want. Mm -hmm. I want immigration to happen. I want trade to happen. I don't. I, but I want it to be done by the rules. Those people would be very influenced by things like that if they were brought to them by credible sources and and, and you know, a, you know, giving balanced perspective. But they never get it. Mm 
They only get that stuff from someone's phone that gets leaked and like, you know, some right wing organization is attached to it so that it never makes any impact. It's an, it's unfortunate. And, and it, they don't seem to have any interest to actually get to the end, the, the kind of the, the, the bottom of it. That they was, don't. And it's, it's bad for us. It's bad for them, yeah. too, because they're dying on the border. They're, they're coming here in incredible numbers, unprepared for the harsh realities they face of trying to get across that border, either in extreme heat or really cold, or they don't have enough food or they don't have shelter. It's really dangerous for them, and people die. Yeah. All right, I've, I've got to cut you off. Back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> your topic, too. You can waste Jason, a lot we've got of time. about 30 seconds here. What, what was the point you wanted to make? Okay, so there's you can't legally do that. It's a misdemeanor to cross what, the border. For citizens um, to stop the illegals. Right. You, yeah. you're, not, you're not supposed to. But you could do that. You could assist law enforcement if you caught them break, uh, committing a felony. Make it a felony to cross over illegally. That'll deter them from even starting, and it'll help us actually help law enforcement. Huh. Hmm. So it's the, the distinction between misdemeanor and felony. Yes. No human is illegal. Is anyone going to bring that point up? <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Pat, uh, there are some alarming numbers out, poll numbers out, about uh, the number of Americans Mm -hmm. who belong to a church. Yeah, I mean, it's... Plummeting, as I, th- I think we all kind of sense that, and you, you kind of uh, hear this, but to see just how much wow. it's plummeted is amazing. Uh, new Gallup report found that uh, about half of Americans belong to a church or other religious body, um, which is down from 70% just two decades ago and 77% back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So... It's gone from 77% to 50% of us that go wow. to church now. I mean, in Europe, it's far worse than that. In some countries, it's about 4% church attendance. So we're still way ahead of the rest of the world. But one of the things that has made us you know, unusual, unique, special, is that we're a moral people and we go to church and, and uh, we're, we're losing that. And it's a lot of it, as you might guess, is coming from millennials who are down to about 46%. Of them go to a church. Mm. Um, you said forty-six percent of millennials. Forty-six. I'm surprised it's that high. Yeah, I kind of was too, because forty-six uh, percent of what? <laughs> it can't possibly be. Forty-six percent. Two percent go to church. It's forty-two percent. So it is a little bit lower I than mean, that. Still. Um, okay. Um, but we're becoming a nation of godless animals, which <laughs> I don't think is good. <laughs> you don't. Well, no. You answer my technical no. question. I was going to ask you: Are we a nation of godless animals? Yes. Uh, no. Yes. My, actual, my actual technical question was: The way that is worded is. Uh, uh, are you a member of a church? And right. is it possible that some of it is that, like, I, for example, I go to church every week, but I am not a member of any church. Um, like, you know, that's a process you actually go with with the actual house of worship. Uh, and I wonder, because, like, we see this with political but parties you do go as well. to a church. I do go, but right. I'm not a member. So if I was answering yeah. that on a technical basis, I would say no. Um, but I do go to church every week. Uh, we've noticed this, too, with, like, um, political parties. Like, we're certainly in probably the most partisan time that I can remember. I mean, like, people are very partisan right now. However, there's also more independence than there's ever been, Mm percentage-wise. And I think uh, part of it is just, like, people don't necessarily... People still are acting the way that they were when they were Republicans or Democrats. They're still... But they're just calling themselves independents now. 
um, because they don't like the parties. And I'm wondering if that's similar to like, I don't really like the maybe religious structure or whatever, but you know, I still I think have that's some, really optimistic of you. That's what I'm trying to It is. Really optimistic optimistic I like the optimism. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, think so that's yeah. what's happening, I but I like the optimism. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dangerous trend that, you know, like our, the government, when, and, and this is in any other society, when the government or some other ideal like that uh, becomes your church. Yeah, that has become our religion, politics. Then that ha- exactly, exactly right. And then, but that has happened in other places like China, the Soviet Union, where it was incredibly, incredibly religious. You go to the Kremlin, uh, there's very few religious buildings, all the rest are churches. You're like, what? Like, they kept those up, they didn't demolish those uh, during the Soviet Union times, but you'd be surprised how deeply religious they are, but they, they lost it. When, did they, when, did, when was there a, res- a resurgence of, of religion? It's after they go through that step where the, the state or whatever political theory becomes their church, their god, then some dictator becomes this oppressive, you know, uh, force and restricts their religion. Then when they become oppressed, they, re- they turn back to God. It's crazy. So I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a troubling trend I think we now are in. We look away from God. We look away from the church. We enable and empower, you know, a st- state institutions. L- later on down the line is if you see it all throughout history, then you become oppressed. Once you become oppressed they turn in droves back to the church. It's happening in North Korea. They have underground churches there. Christianity is on a surge, on a rise in North Korea and China. Mm-hmm. They're, pra- they're going to church in caves, in caves, risking life or death, and Christians are exploding in those places in the globe. But here, we're on the other side of that trend, going the other direction. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous, and it's a, I guess it's kind of like a horrific look at our future. Wait, is there like one particular thing, Pat, that you think is most responsible for the decline? Um, uh, you progressives. Okay. I think progressivism. I figured that would be your mm-hmm. answer, but I, I just wanted I, to clarify. I think it is, and and we've plus we've we've done a really good job of eliminating God from the public square, from education, from any government situation, uh, from being mentioned in public at all, because we have this separation of church and state mindset, which is not even in the Constitution. So. Um, what's going what's to happen yeah. when you get into that mindset? And then the progressives are teaching you know, our children who are going to, I would say college campuses, but it's not just college campuses. It's even as, as low as elementary school, as yeah. young as elementary school, that they're indoctrinating them, and then they grow up. And shockingly, when they grow up, they don't want to go to church. Yeah. Hmm. I, I would add to that, too. I think, I think one of the issues with this is sort of, the, I don't know if exactly this is explaining the right thing, but... The sort of rise of pragmatism in the church, I think, is a bad thing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, from a church, I do not want my church making political calculations as to what things they're supporting. Right. I mean, we've seen so many churches change policies based on, like, you know, feelings and, and like, I, I you know, a lot of times it's explained different ways, right? Like, I mean, like, I've, I've seen this, I mean, I've seen this at churches that I've been to, and they, they explain things in ways you're just like, well, are you taking that a stance as a principled person who's trying to execute the you know the the faith uh, loyally, or are you doing this because in the news it feels uncomfortable right now to say something like that? And I that I feel like is happening a lot in churches. And what is I can get that from anywhere? What is the right. value of church if I'm getting this like politically tested message? I, I don't want that. I want someone who's going to say, you know, what the hardest thing to say right now is it's this. And because we, we believe it's true, we're saying it anyway. And I, I feel like that that's like a, a real backbone. It, ma- it, makes you, it gives you 
like a sense of, uh, you know, it, it gets you through that week, right, when there's those tough situations. You're like, you know what, I should fall back on my principles. And it puts your faith to the test. Yeah. And your, your faith is strengthened by yeah. being put to the test. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a, a good message to leave everyone going into uh, Easter weekend. All right, yesterday's yeah, poll. Churches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yesterday's poll. Uh, what is the craziest part of the Green New Deal? 37% said no more farting cows. This is a weird poll. <laughs> no more farting cows. 28% said eliminating air travel. 25% said retrofit every building. And 10% said banning cars. I would have thought that the banning cars thing would have been you know, a little I, bit higher. I got to yeah. say, I think that's the exact right order. Like, can we go to one more time? You have number one no. genocide of an entire species, right? Yeah, that should probably be the worst, right? No, no. Then We're just going to create the, the cows that don't fart. Right. Well, yeah, okay. That's, that's possible. You can look at that one. Eliminating air travel. Well, that, that's getting rid of all planes. So that's like really your genocide on planes. Then you're just making really expensive additions uh, to uh, every building. Banning cars, I mean, that one's pretty bad. I, I don't understand why that's only 10%. Maybe they just think that there's other ways to get around. But uh, yeah. news for you, there's not. Well, I mean, you can walk. You take trucks. Maybe that's what they think. Oh, I mean, I have trucks then. There's SUVs. <laughs> uh, today's poll, what surprised you most about the Mueller report? I don't know what the options are because they're not on my card. But you can find out if you go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. I know you're going there. You're just like you're waiting in anticipation to go and see what the choices yes. are. Go find out. And have a beautiful weekend. We'll see you Monday. So she brought the Mueller report back up after we were yep. done. Yep. <laughs> I didn't right do it. Oh, so you're like Ron Burgundy. You just read whatever is on the card. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.